If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn to James. James chapter 5 has been our launching point for the past few weeks. We've been doing a series called Dynamic Declarations. Dynamic Declarations. You know, the words coming out of your mouth do make a difference. Do you realize that? Now, there, people will go to different extremes, stick with the, within the context of the frame, the balance of the word. But when God created, what did he do? He spoke. When he wanted to send his son, how did he identify his son? John 1, as the word. When you get saved, you believe in your heart and you confess with your... Proverbs says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. James tells us that your, your direction of your life, just like you would put a bit in a horse's mouth or a rudder on a ship, it directs it. It's small. It looks insignificant. It doesn't look important, but it can make a big difference. So when your children, you look at your children, you don't want to look at them and tell them if they've been bad. You don't want to say, you're bad. Their conduct might be bad. Their grades might be bad, but you don't look at them and tell them they're stupid because what you're doing, you're marking their future by your words today. Amen. Sometimes we got to use our faith and look at our kids and maybe they did get a bad grade and say, that's a bad grade, we're going to do better. But I want you to know, you can do better. You have the mind of Christ. Can I get an amen? Okay, I don't know who that was for, but James chapter 5, verse 16, Amplified Classic Translation this time. It says, the earnest, heartfelt, continued prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working, dynamic in its working. The prayers that God wants us to pray, he wants us to know that when we're praying them, that they are dynamic, they are powerful, and that they're doing the work. That helps us because many times we'll begin to pray and then we'll try to solve the problem. We got to let the word do what the word's been called to do. Can I get an amen? amen. Isaiah 55, 11, the word goes forth, it will not return void. We've talked about the dynamic part. We've talked about the tremendous power. We've talked about the righteous. We're working our way back through this. We've talked about the prayer. Now, the prayer that was utilized, and keep in mind, there's different types of prayer. If you haven't been with us, there's different types of prayer in the Bible. Not every prayer functions the same way as the other prayers. There's a prayer of repentance. There's a prayer of agreement. In this declaration, a prayer of faith, you might say, it is when you are speaking what God has already been, has spoken. When you are speaking what God has already spoken. And to validate that thought, in the next verses on your own time, read it. It gives an example of that prayer that James is saying, listen, the, the, your prayer should be powerful. And then he goes into the example out of 1 Kings 17 and talks about Elijah, where Elijah prayed earnestly and it didn't rain for three and a half years. Now, if we go to 1 Kings and find that verse where he prayed, Elijah didn't get on his knees and say, oh, God, stop the rain. Elijah had found in Deuteronomy what God had said that if my people serve me, they will have rain and have prosperity. But if they turn away from me to idols, then there will be a drought. So he knew that the people, because he looked around and knew that the people had turned away from God and they were serving other idols. And he found the consequences of what God said in his word, that if this happened, this is what I'm telling you is going to happen. And so what he did is he got into the alignment of the assignment. Oh, that was good. Somebody write that down because I won't remember it and it's not my notes. He got into the alignment of the assignment because Isaiah 55, 11 says God's word will go forth. It will not return void. It will accomplish that to which it's assigned to do. And so when God's word goes forth, there's an assignment. And he got into the alignment of what that assignment of God's word was. Can I get an amen? Can I get a better amen? 
Okay, so he, he got into the alignment of the assignment of God's word, and then he began to decree and declare it, and he didn't say, oh God, please close up heaven. He said, there will not be any rain until I change the word that I've spoken. So he exercised his authority, because he was a prophet, the prophetic authority, and he was saying what God was speaking from heaven, and he was speaking God's word from heaven onto the earth, and it happened. Today, so we've been talking about the power of that and the different areas of it. You can look at it, uh, decreeing and declaring God's word against the enemy, against situations as we saw where Jesus spoke to the fig tree, or Mark 11, where Jesus was said, if you speak to the mountain. So those are things, but today I want to emphasize a little bit longer as we did last week about speaking into our own life, the power of speaking God's word into your life. Because the Word, Matthew 13 tells me, that the Word is seed, and the sower sows the Word, and the sower sows the Word. And when there's understanding, it comes into the heart. The sower sows the Word. And so when we understand that, we can be that sower into our own life. Praise God for full-time ministers. Praise God for ministries. But if you're in a place that you're like, man, I'm just looking for someone to speak this in my life, get get in the Word yourself. Speak the Word into your life. Speak the word into your children. Yes. Speak the word into your, to your marriage, into your finances. Amen. Romans 10, I want to talk a big pictures for a few minutes. The system, how things work. I want you to notice this. V- Romans 10. It says, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord. Have you heard this verse before? Yes. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord in prayer will be saved. That's a good verse. Yeah. So if I call, I can be saved. So the key element for my salvation is me calling, right, in the context of that verse. The word saved there, and we've talked about this before, is the word sulterior or sozo. Sozo is saved, sulterior is salvation, and encompasses the covenant of the blood of Jesus, what he did on the cross of Calvary. And so it's saying basically those who call upon him shall be saved, shall access what belongs to them through the covenant of salvation, purchased by Jesus on the cross of Calvary. Are you with me? So those who call on the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord, or call on Him, those who call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Well, what name are they calling on? They're calling on Jesus, but they're calling on Jesus as their Savior. Right? I recognize... if. Because good people don't go to heaven, forgiven people go to heaven. And I recognize I've been trying to get to heaven. I had somebody approach me the other day and said, oh, you'll appreciate this because he knew I was a minister. I try to uh, do all these good things. And I said, well, good for you. And he said, someone asked me why. And I told him, I'm trying to buy my way to heaven. <laughs> Open door opportunity. He, brought, he came to me. I didn't come to him, right? right? So we can't, no matter what we do, we can't earn salvation. We're saved by grace through faith. But we access it how? We access it through the context of faith, grace through faith, and we access it by calling on Him as our Savior. Lord, I'm a sinner, and You are the Savior. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Right? But how will they call? How will the people, verse 14, but how will people call on Him in whom they have not believed? So now we're seeing some more ingredients to this. For someone to get saved, they not only have to call or pray, they have to believe. Yes. 
that he's the Savior. Because there's a lot of people in the world that maybe have gone to church and just repeated a prayer but didn't believe the prayer they prayed. And because they said it, but they didn't believe it, they think that they've got it, but they've had no change. But how will people call on him in in whom they have not believed? And how will they believe in him of whom they have not So for them to believe, they have to Romans 10, 17, faith comes by hearing and hearing the Word of God. And how will they hear without a preacher? Messenger also is included in the Amplified, someone communicating, speaking it. Now think about that. So for someone to get saved, and we'll take the context, the argument of salvation to go to heaven, sins forgiven, they have to call. But they can't call until they believe. And they can't believe until they've heard. And they can't hear unless someone's… Do you see that? Jesus said their eyes, their hearts are hardened, their eyes are closed, their ears are deaf, lest they turn to me and I can turn and heal them. So our reaction to Him, draw near to me and I'll draw near to you. So for me to get saved, I need to call. For me to call, I need to believe. And for me to believe, I need to hear. And for me to hear, I need to have someone speaking. Salvation not only talks about your sins forgiven, it includes your healing. So let me change the the box around. For me to be healed, I need to call. For me to call on Him as my healer, I have to believe that He is my healer. For me to believe that He's my healer, I have to hear the word that He's my healer. Do you see my point? For me to hear that He's my healer, I need somebody, even if it's me, to be speaking that word so that I can hear. Now listen to me. Thinking it is not the same thing as speaking it, and I'll prove it to you. Have you ever had a great idea, and the moment you said it and shared it with somebody, you had the thought of, you know, now that I hear myself say it, right? What happened? Now that I hear myself say it, it's not really a great idea. What happened? It was a great idea in your thoughts, but the moment you heard it, it went into a different activating process of who you are as an individual, and we don't have time for that today. And all of a sudden, as you heard it, you're like, wait a minute, I can discern. That's not right. In your head, you were going to act upon it. But thank God you decided to share it with somebody before you did those plans. Now, some of us, we didn't share it. We didn't talk it. We just did it. And later, we're like, why didn't that work? And then we're like, mm, yeah, now I can see. So let's change the box a little bit. Because within salvation is not only forgiveness. In salvation is not only healing. In salvation is peace. Amen. So for me to live in peace, I need to call on Him as my peace. For me to call on Him as my peace, I need to believe that He is my peace. For me to believe that He is my peace, I need to hear the word that He's about peace. And for me to hear that word, I need someone telling me. Oh, I believe in prosperity. You know, success and prosperity is a part of the covenant. Don't get confused with some people who define prosperity as some weird person with a weird hairdo on TV trying to sell you water from a place you don't know, telling you that, that that's gimmicky. We're not talking about that. But there is a real. Anytime you see some weird stuff, that usually they took a little bit of truth and then they went weird with it. But it's real. But even prosperity. For me to be blessed, 
I have to call on Him. For me to call on Him, I have to believe that He is my shepherd, my provider, my Jehovah Jireh. For me to have that, I have to believe it. For me to believe it, I have to hear it. For me to hear it, I have to have somebody say it. Now let me flip the page totally over, because there's always two sides. There's a kingdom of light, and there's a kingdom of darkness. And if what I'm saying is not only accurate with the Word of God and true, and it is, and it, you'll see it, it, it works, then there should be an opposite opposing side against that. What does the Bible say? A little more teaching today than preaching, but is that okay? Second Corinthians 4.4 4 says, notice this, a tactic of the enemy. Among them, the God of this world, Satan, has what? Blinded the minds of who? The unbelievers. He has blinded the minds of the unbelieving to prevent them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ who is the image of God. He blinds the mind. He blinds, not where they don't have natural vision, but they have no perception. He blinds their perception. So Jesus was standing amongst them, but many of them did not recognize who he was because they all, oh, this is, isn't this, isn't this the one who grew up as a carpenter? Isn't his mom and sister still with us? Their perception of who he was was blinded, so they couldn't perceive who he was. And because they couldn't re- perceive who he was, they could not receive from him. And because they could not receive from him, nothing could happen in their life from God. Because your perception defines how you're able to receive. He has what? Blinded the minds of the unbelieving. Now hear me out. It doesn't always mean sinners. It didn't say sinners, it said unbelievers. Well, I'm a believer. You're going to heaven. You're saved. You believe that he's your savior. Great. What about healing? Oh, he doesn't heal anymore. Well, then you're in that area, that box. Stay with me. You're an unbeliever in regards to what the Bible says about healing. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but in that area, you're not believing yet. And if I don't believe yet, then I'm an unbeliever. We all have areas in, you know I mean? Have you noticed that life is very complex in all these different areas? So if there's an area in my life I don't believe in, that means I'm an unbeliever. Doesn't mean I'm a bad person. I just don't believe. Therefore, I can't see him as my healer. So I can't receive healing because I don't see him as my healer. I can't see him as my healer because I haven't heard the word on this enough. And I haven't heard the word because I don't have someone speaking. But when I get someone speaking into my life about him as healing, as my healer, then in the process of Romans 10, 17, faith cometh. In the process of that, I'll begin to get revelation of who he is. So now I begin to believe who he is. Therefore, I can call on him who he is. And because I can call on him as my healer, because I have belief that he is my healer, then I can receive. He can turn and he can receive and put, or I can receive what he puts into my life, which is available to me through the cross of Calvary. Why isn't this area not working? Well, have you called upon him? I've tried calling, but do you believe? Well, I think I do. What do you need? You need more hearing. 
more hearing. Well, pastor, that's, you know what, I'm not going to say lies. I'm not telling you to say the lies. I'm not telling you to say the facts. I'm saying you don't have to deny stuff, but you acknowledge what the truth is. But many times our world is filtered by our own past experiences. And we will see people, see situations, see opportunities purely from the filter, human nature, the wiring of our brain, still the carnality of uh, things being out of alignment with the will of God. And God will say this, but the carnal mind will say that. And Corinthians tells us that the carnal mind looks at the spiritual, what God is saying, and says that's foolishness. And therefore, the carnal mind never receives what God has because it doesn't make sense to him. Because the carnal mind is working on pure logic of what I feel, hear, and see. But the spiritual mind says, I don't feel, hear, or see it. But if God said it, then it's more real than what I feel, hear, or see. And if you think I'm crazy for saying that, and if your first time you've ever been in the church, this, this is just not even spiritual. This is also scientific. Do you not realize in quantum physics the majority of what is in what we call context of reality, you cannot see, feel, or hear? Check it out. I like science stuff. I'm a little geeky with that. Did you realize that? Most people thought science was everything. i got to be able to see it. When I see it, I'll believe it. Well, it's too late then. Why would you have to believe you're in a chair when you're already sitting in the chair? There's no faith there. Blessed are those who believe before they see. So the strategy of the enemy is to blind people's mind, their perspective, so that they don't see the light of the gospel because the light of the gospel, the illumination, Psalms 119, the entrance, the unfolding of his word gives light. It gives understanding. And all of a sudden, you know I mean? The light shows you who Jesus is. It always points to Jesus. And when, when the, what the enemy's tactic is, is to blind our perception in darkness so that we don't see the light. Because how does he do that? Keeping people from hearing the power of the word. Because the word is dynamic and it's working. Yes, it is. Mm. Let me mess with you a little bit. I'm going to ask the media team. I sent over a graphic. Do they have that by chance? Look in a few seconds. They'll look for it. If they don't, thumbs up, thumbs down, one way or the other. Nope. They do not have it. That's okay. Oh, there it is. Now, if you've, if you've seen this before, just sit by and be stand by. Just don't say anything. Don't comment. Let's play a game. Here's your game. Ready? I'm going to ask you. I'm going to do a poll real quick. You see those two different boxes? How many people would say that those two boxes are the exact same color? Raise your hand. Just a few of you. How many people would say that the top box is darker than the lower box? How many people will say that the lower box is darker than the top box? Okay. Now, if I told you that those two boxes were the exact same color, you would tell me I'm crazy. You would say, Pastor, you messed up. I'm looking at those two boxes. Those two boxes are two different color gray. They are, exact, they are not the exact same. But the truth is, those two boxes are exactly the same color. That's the truth. But that's not your perception of the truth. Because something in the, the way your natural brain works, it has filters. And your brain is working so fast without even your consciousness being aware of it. And it has already filtered and told you that those are two different colors, boxes. But they are, they are both exactly the same. And it's all based on shading. Now, if you don't believe me, look at, look at the screen. 
take your hand and put it right over that middle line where you don't see the, the highlight. What color are those two boxes? They are both exactly the same. And yet your perception told you, you would have bet a lot of money that those are two different boxes. You would have walked out of church and said, that preacher don't know what he's talking about. I've seen those boxes, but for those are two different boxes. I tell you that God's a healer. You're like, he doesn't know what he's talking about. I've been around long enough. He doesn't heal anymore. I've seen people mess up on that prosperity stuff. That gets so weird. I'm staying away from it because that only make your life worse. I don't believe in that prosperity stuff. What happens? Our perception based on our filters will negate what the truth is. Though the truth says those are two, though they're same color boxes, our perception, our filter in our brain tells us that they're different. And that's, you can take the boxes away. And that's what happens in the church world even. We'll hear the word and it won't line up to our past filters and we'll begin to say, I don't believe that. I don't know if that's true because I've already had experiences. I talked to somebody who knew a cousin, had a friend down the road that had a nephew who knew a guy in school and they tried to pray and nothing happened. I don't believe in that stuff anymore. And the problem is that we have allowed the filters of our brain, the filter of the enemy has filtered out trying to keep us from seeing the light of the truth of the word of God. And that's when you don't see it. You'll have to be willing to walk through. Sometimes it feels like on water as you get the scriptures out and you find words on healing, words on blessing, words on peace, whatever. And you begin to speak it over your life. I decree according to this scripture that I am the healed of the Lord. And your body will say, no, you're not. The devil will scream, no, you're not. You're going to die. And Everything in your filtering system says it will not work, but you have begun to direct your ship, not toward what you feel, hear, and see, but the truth of the Word of God. For the Bible says, don't look at the things that are temporal, for they, they won't last, but look at the things which are eternal. For the eternal things you can't see, the temporal you can. Why am I looking to the unseen, the eternal? Because the eternal is the truth of God's Word. And as we direct the ship of our lives, direct the ship of our lives with our words, it doesn't make sense at first, but we keep hearing it. And as we keep hearing it, we'll begin to have understanding and we'll begin to believe it. When we believe, once we get in the believing process and we keep speaking, then we'll be able to turn to him and call upon him. And when we call upon him, then we have access to what he said belongs to us at the very beginning. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a better amen? amen? Galatians 6, verse 7 to 8 says, Be not deceived, God is not mocked, for what a man sows, that shall he also reap. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, but he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. This is just not, you're going to get what you've done. Paybacks are coming. This is, shows you a principle to change the direction of our ship. So if I keep sowing the word into my life. I keep speaking the word. I keep sowing the word. I keep speaking the word. I keep sowing the word. Matthew 13, the sower sows the word. As I keep speaking the word, I'm sowing it into my life. It doesn't mean something's going to change immediately. Right. And in the process, things begin to change. Yes. In the process, things begin to change. Yes. You'll feel different. Your perspective will change. But don't stop sowing the word until you have what you're, what you're believing for. Amen. You might be uh, gone up the hill and it got hard and now you're kind of cruising. Don't stop. You're, the race is not over yet. Don't stop until you hit the finish line. Don't stop when you're feeling good. Don't stop when the devil's quit. Don't stop until you have in your hand what you have, John 1. And we have held, within, held with our hands that word of life. Don't stop just when you hear it. Don't stop when you begin to see it. Don't stop when you begin to see the flowers on the tree. No, don't stop until you can eat the fruit of it. Can I get an amen? 
It's the sower sowing. I like to think of it this way because people ask, well, how long do I have to do it? It's kind of another illustration would be like cloud. Clouds, they draw the moisture from the earth. And as they draw the moisture, they'll, they'll begin to, to build. And as they begin to build, they'll become darker. What's happening? The moisture that they're receiving starts overlapping and filling. And all of a sudden, there's a tipping point when that little bit of moisture that typically would not make a difference begins to open up heaven. Rain begins to come. What happens? The cloud gets enough of moisture when it begins so full, and it says, now it's time to release what I've collected. If we, only, if we only hear the word maybe on Sunday, you're getting some, but just like a normal cloud, it dissipates. If it only picks up a little moisture and that's it, it dissipates. You, you don't have time for, oh, you know, once a month I read three verses, praise God, hallelujah, bless the Lord forevermore. No, you have to get the word in your heart, get it in your mind. Romans 12, don't be conformed, but renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. Get the Word. Keep getting the Word. Keep getting the Word. Keep speaking the Word. Keep speaking the Word. Keep speaking the Word. And as it does, it's like a cloud. It keeps building. It keeps building, and it keeps building, and it keeps building. And one day, when you speak, things begin to change. Things will begin to change. I said things will begin to change. Now, I want to, uh, we've been doing this at the end of each service. I want to do this again. I want to do the healing again. I mean, even last Sunday, we had people healed without no one even laying their hands on them. See, I, I'm a firm believer that Mark 16 tells us to lay hands on the sick. But I'm a firm believer that that's not the only way for people to get healed. The centurion, centurion soldier said to Jesus, just speak the word only and my servant will be healed. Jesus didn't lay his hands on him, but he was still healed. I believe, now you can disagree with this, and we can still walk in unity. I believe that there was many times that Jesus would go into places, and he didn't even have to touch them. Because he would heal the whole city. I mean, how do you pray for a few hundred thousand people, or 50,000 people, or 20,000 people? That's a lot of people. And they would all be healed. In fact, I not only get that from the, from the logical standpoint, I get it from the perspective that the Bible says when he went in his own hometown, he could do no mighty work because of their unbelief, except for lay his hands on a few sick folk and heal them. So for many times, we're like, man, I laid my hands on somebody, they got healed. What a great day. Jesus like, man, that's kind of a bad day at the office when I have to resort to just lay my hands on a few people. Because so much more is available. Say, so much more is available. So, so I, believe the, I believe God's Word is so powerful. Yeah. I really do. I don't say that lightly. I believe it's very powerful. So I want to encourage you. Here's what we're going to do like we did last Sunday. I'm going to uh, point to you, and I want you to just say the, this dynamic declaration, and then I'll give you a verse that supports that, and we'll do about 10 of them. But the, the key one that you're going to do is, I am the healed of the Lord because… See, I am. I am. Wow, you guys are awesome. See, I am, I am the, healed the healed of the Lord, of the Lord because. because. Now let's fill in the blank. We're not going to say because there's no pain in my left arm, because there's no symptoms I'm dealing with, because I just got a good report from the doctor. That stuff will come. But we have to have a better because before we experience the because that we're believing for. 
Before, before we can eat the fruit, we have to walk through the process of call. Before we can call, we have to believe. And before we believe, we have to hear. Say, I'm the healed of the Lord because. Because healing is bred for God's covenant children, Matthew 15, 26. Because he is your Jehovah Rapha. He is the one, the Lord that heals you, Exodus 15, 26. I am the healed of the Lord because... Because you have served the Lord your God, he will take sickness away from the midst of you. Exodus 23, 25. I am the healed of the Lord because, because he is the one who heals you of all diseases. Psalms 103, 3b. I am the healed of the Lord because, because he sent his word and healed you and delivers you from all destruction. Psalms 107, 20. I am the healed of the Lord because by his stripes you were healed. 1 Peter 2, 24. I am healed because his words is life unto those that find them and health medicine to all their flesh, Proverbs 4.22. I am the healed of the Lord because by his stripes you are healed, Isaiah 53.5. Because he took your infirmities and removed your sicknesses, Matthew 8.17. Because you shall not die but live and declare the works of the Lord, Psalms 118.17. Give the Lord a hand clap, praise. We'll stop there. And that's not all of them. Say, you're my healer. Jesus, you're my healer. You are my healer. Hallelujah. And that's just not all the verses. That's just a few. The Bible's filled. It's amazing when you start studying, digging into it, all the verses you'll find. But not just on healing, on peace, on joy, on finances, on the blessing of God. Are you with me? Get into the Word. Dynamic, de dynamically declare on a regular basis God's word over your life. Amen. Why? Because when a situation pokes you and the devil never gives you a two-week notice, have you ever done something and something flew out of your mouth and you're like, ooh, where'd that come from? <laughs> Jesus said, out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So load your heart down with the word of God yes. that if, God forbid, the devil ever pokes you, what comes out of you is not beep, beep, like beep, beep. What comes out of you is he is the healer. He is my Jehovah. He is the God who healed me. By his stripes, I am healed. I am the healed of the Lord. I will not die, but I will live and declare the works of the Lord. He has called breath to come into my body and caused me to live. Something on the inside that bypasses just what you're thinking on, in your mind. All of a sudden, out of your spirit, you'll speak the word of God. And why? Because you have been stockpiling that word by sowing it, sowing it, sowing it into your life. Amen? Amen? If you believe that, give the Lord a biggest shout for the next 30 seconds. Hallelujah. He is your healer. He is your deliverer. He is everything. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and do not have a real relationship with Jesus Christ, in the way that you process, in the way you experience, in the way you understand, is Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior? Is He your Lord and Savior? Only you can answer that. It's one of the greatest miracles salvation is. It's not join a club. It's not a self-help. It's not be a better person. It's a reality of Jesus coming to your heart, your sins being forgiven. Behold, the Bible says all things are brand new. It's his life on the inside of you. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you do not know him, this is your moment. The Bible says those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 
Jesus said in Revelation 3, I stand at the door and I knock. If you open up and let me in, open up the door and I'll come in. A simple, short prayer can have an eternal difference if you believe it in your heart. If you don't know him and you want to know him, if you're ready to get those sins forgiven, if you're ready for that torment to be gone, if you're ready to lay your head on your pillow tonight and know that you are right with God and you're going to heaven, this is your day, this is your moment. With every head bowed, every eye closed, I want you to pray this prayer. If you do not know him and you want to know him, let this prayer come from your heart and your mouth. Say, Heavenly Father, I repent of all my sins. I turn to you today. I believe in my heart, and I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that He came to this earth in the flesh, died on a cross for my sins, was buried for me, and on the third day rose again for me, because I believe that. I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, wash me in your blood, forgive me, cleanse me. Give me a fresh start. Say, Jesus, I don't want a religion. I want a real relationship with you. So I open up the door of my heart and life, and I invite you in to be my Savior and my Lord. Thank you for saving me. Amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you prayed that prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer partners will be down here following the service uh, if you need one-on-one prayer. But I if, just want to ask a quick question. If you were here and you just prayed that prayer, and you say, Pastor, I prayed that prayer, I want you to know, just so I know who I'm praying with. At the count of three, I, I want to speak a blessing over your life, but at the count of three, I want you to lift your hand so I know who I was praying with. One, two, three. Who was I praying with? God bless you. 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 Over in the back right. Thank you. God bless you. Keep your hands raised. Father, for those who has their hands raised right now, I thank you, Father God, for your salvation. And I thank you out of that. I thank you for peace and healing and supernatural strength. Let them be strengthened with might by your spirit in the inner person. We thank you for that. Anoint them fresh with your Holy Spirit. We seal them with the precious blood of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.